Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. Okay, welcome back to week four of Flourishing in Leadership. So um, as I was just telling you, I'll tell you again for those that are listening on the podcast. um, When I was gone on vacation, I was walking and thinking and praying every day about what I would teach on this next time I came back to teach. And I was really wanting to do another practical teaching similar to what we had done last week, but on a different subject. But the Holy Spirit just kept every single day laying it on my heart that we needed to deal with the health of our hearts. And I know that we did that at the very beginning of the very first week. We kind of touched on it a little bit. Pastor D talked about it a little bit in her video about inner healing and how that was going to take us to our next level in leadership. Um, So all week long, I would kind of just jot down my thoughts or whatever. And then this morning, I got back from vacation. I went for a walk and I was leaning one way and the Holy Spirit did it again and pulled me back and just kept reminding me that we kind of touched the surface, but individually, we didn't allow ourselves to go there and get healed and go a little deeper into that. We talked about it as like one of the points, but we didn't really focus on it. And so as I was preparing and thinking, the Holy Spirit just reminded me that my goal as a minister, as a leader, as a pastor is not to draw large crowds, although that's awesome. It's one of our, one of my favorite things is when the church is full of people. Um, my goal is not to have a large following and see how many people will listen to me speak or listen to me teach. My goal genuinely from my heart my goal is to develop and disciple and raise up healthy women of god healthy leaders who can then develop and raise up other healthy women and so it's not that we want to have mass and tons and tons of thousands and thousands of unhealthy shallow believers it's that we want to have the depth and the maturity in christ and the relationship with god that's so mature and so developed that you look back and every single year, this is a continual thing. It's not that, you know, you look back and go, man, I grew in 2019, but I'm, I'm still where I was in 2019. No, the goal is that every single year you're growing. And the only way to grow is to continue to pursue inner healing. And so one of the things the Holy Spirit laid so heavily on my heart as I was praying and preparing was, we're not there. And so I don't, if you're a top leader, if you are a beginner, doesn't matter where you are in your walk with God or how long you've been serving him, in this room right here, we as a collection of women, we as a body of women, we're not there. We haven't reached total and complete freedom and healing. And God showed me that as I was walking and praying and thinking about you guys on the beach that day. And so... This is not to bring any type of condemnation. This is not to bring any type of guilt. This is to bring freedom. This is to bring a different level of freedom. And we talked about the very first week of class. We talked about how we, we, God spoke to Pastor D and to me and confirmed it that in this class, in the eight weeks, six weeks of this class, that there would be a promotion, that you would go to the next level. And that's the promise I'm holding on to for you and for me and for all of us is that we'd leave this class different. But that is not going to happen if we don't do the work to get healed. We're not going to be able to lead at the next level. In fact, God loves us enough to not promote us and not take us to that next level because he knows it will destroy us if we're not ready for it. And this goes for wherever you are in your leadership. This goes for wherever you are in your walk with the Lord. You could be... You could be just now getting free and just feeling like you're on on top of the mountain, and that's a great place to be. But even at the top of the mountain, life is hard and life hurts. And inner healing is a daily, weekly process. Now, some of you, this might mean that you need to be healed of a significant traumatic event, a divorce, a loss, you're grieving someone. You've gone through a deep pain, a significant event that you need to have healing from. And for others of you, it might not be a specific event. For some of you, right right now as I'm talking, you're, you're already feeling it. You're already sensing it. You're already knowing there's things in my heart that need to be healed. For others of you, it might be just disappointment and the length of the wait 
that you've been waiting for the promise to be fulfilled or that you've been waiting for that prayer to be answered or that you've been waiting for that child to be saved and you're just weary. But the Bible says that um, um, hope deferred makes the heart sick. And so that was something, and I'm going to just keep going and, and be led by the Holy Spirit here because it's not going to be just exactly structured, but I just all day today kept feeling like the Holy Spirit is going to lead me on what I say and what I don't say, even about my personal healing. But in 2020, I went through the toughest season of my life. And I thought before 2020, I thought I had sure been through some stuff. And I, I thought that I had already been through the toughest things because I have been through some things. And God has always been faithful, incredibly faithful to restore and to heal, always. And I pursue inner healing. Anyone who knows me personally, you know, Pastor Barbara was my mentor and my mother-in-law and my friend, and I would talk to her regularly about my heart being clean and my heart being pure because it's important to me. And so in 2020, when I started really struggling, and I'll get into some more detail here in a little bit, but... When I started having such a battle in 2020, I could not figure out what was going on with me because I'm like, I'm constantly pursuing forgiveness. I'm constantly pursuing, like, renewing my mind and having a sound mind. And I was like, it's like somebody just flipped a switch and I was like, what is happening to me right now? Um, and so I said all that to say that verse in Proverbs that says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. When you're somebody who holds on to hope, and you, everybody in this room, all of you are fighters. I know that about you. Michelle, you're a fighter. Been delivered and set free from addiction. There are so many stories in this room, and I could point them out. And I know your personal stories where you are a fighter. And when you're a fighter, and you hold on to hope, and you hold on to that faith, and you hold on to that belief, in time, without knowing it, without knowing it, I thought that I was just pushing through and believing and pushing through and believing and, you know, whatever came in life, I was going to push through and believe and just get through it. But along the way, that hope being put off and put off and put off and put off, eventually my heart was sick. And there was some questions that I wouldn't allow myself to ask the Lord. And so in order for us to be mature women and healed women, we have to ask the Lord some questions. And I think sometimes we're raised to believe, don't ask God why. Don't ask God, you know, what is happening. Just believe and just trust him and move on. And to some extent, yes, you do want to trust God and just, you know, you never want to just question God constantly and, be, and have a bitter heart towards God. But you do want to have times in life where you stop and go, God, I don't, I don't get this. I don't understand why this is happening to me. What is happening why is this happening? And he may not give you the answer. Sometimes he does. But I'm reading a book by Christine Kane that says, uh, that's called, How Did I Get Here? And one of the big things that she talks about in that book is searching the scriptures for your answers. Not just accepting this is how it's going to be and I'm just going to push through it and be a soldier and I'm going to get through it. Like, um, I read a book about... Um, a soldier, an actual soldier who went to war and he came back and he struggled with PTSD. Well, while he was out there fighting the war, he didn't struggle with PTSD. He was the one running to the battle. He was the one that in the moments that people, that all the other soldiers were hiding and hunkering down, he was up and running to it because he was just that breed of person who would run to the battle. And people in my life have told me that I'm that kind of person, that I run to the battle, but then when the battle is done that's when you start to feel the, the after effects and the pain and the struggle. And so I believe that most of you in this room are fighters and you're soldiers and you're like run to the battle kind of people. If something bad happens, you run to it and you try to help, but it's affecting you. And the most important thing is that we know God wants to take care of our hearts. Take a deep breath and relax. You don't have to be nervous. You don't have to be stressed out. You don't have to hide it. Um, I just want tonight that as I teach and as we pray, because I'm going to leave some time for ministry time, that we just like open up our hearts and our, and our life and our mind and our experiences and our struggles. And we say, God, this is really where I'm at. 
this is really where I'm at. I'm, I'm pushing through, I'm believing, I'm choosing, I'm doing the right things, but this is where my heart is really at. This thing, whatever it is, this situation with my dad, the situation with my ex, the situation with my son, the situation with this friend that I lost. This is affecting me and I'm trying and I'm doing my best, but this is affecting me and I need you to heal me so that I can be a healthy leader so that I can health, I can lead others to be healthy and healed and whole. And life is hard, life hurts, struggles come, people fail us, they do. And the ones that hurt the most are the ones when it's the people we trust the most. When they hurt us and when they fail us, they, it leaves us disillusioned, confused, frustrated, kind of spinning out of control, but God. You know, like, but God. And the truth of the matter is that the Bible says that Jesus came to give us life and life abundantly. So... He didn't come to give you life for you to slap a Band-Aid on it and just say, I'm okay. No, he came to heal that wound, restore and make it right. And he, only he can do it. I mean, I'm telling you guys, only he can make, could make me right to where I could sit here and teach you again today. But he does and he's capable and so you're not alone. You're not going to walk through the healing process alone. You're not going to walk through life alone. You're not going to face these disappointments and hurts alone. He's with you and he's going to do it. And remember, we're going to talk about this here in a minute too. The cross was enough for the healing that you need. And we forget and we think, no, not, no, not this one. Not this hurt. Not this disappointment. Not what I'm going through. Not how awful they're being. Not how, not how hateful and rejected they're making me feel. Not how, how awful they're being to me. The cross wasn't big enough for this. Really? No. He came to bind up the brokenhearted. And he will bind up the brokenhearted and heal and restore. And then the beautiful thing about it is, if you surrender to that process and you kind of just slow down. And for me, it was slowing down. I was forced to slow down and heal. Forced, and I'll explain why in a minute. But when you slow down and you go through the process and you do the work of being healed, the benefits that you reap on the other side of it is the character of Christ, humility. Because here I am right now telling you, I literally could not go a day without his healing and his restoration without the cross. I couldn't. Three years ago, I may probably have thought that I could have done it in my own strength. I can just get through it. But humility, Christ-likeness, meekness, all of those things come by going through the trial. Not avoiding the trial or going around the trial, but going through it with the people around you, with the people in this room, and with the Holy Spirit. And so I don't care where you are in your level tonight, I want you to hear these words for yourself. I want you to really open your heart and humble yourself and say, Lord, teach me. And you might be at a place where you're doing great. Hallelujah, I'm so happy for you. <laughs> Seriously, enjoy that season. Because, let's see, Debbie, are you, I think Debbie, you're the, I won't say the oldest, you're the wisest in the room. I am the oldest. You are the wisest in the room. So in your life, Debbie, your decades of living on this earth, you went through seasons of highs and lows, I'm sure. Yes. And then you go through seasons where it, things are going good. Is there another season of challenge around the corner? Always. always, she says. And I'm repeating it for the podcast. She said always. And so if you're in a season of, of harvest and joy and promises fulfilled and all of those things right now, enjoy it. Be grateful in it. Gain strength from it. Gain Gain um, vision for the next season. Yeah. You know, dig, dig deep during this season and build relationships and build friendships and, and invest in, in yourself so that that next season that comes around, you'll be ready for it. Yes. Okay? All right. Um, I'm going to save the videos for the end. I'm just going to keep flowing. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just love you and we honor you and we need you tonight. Take complete control. Lord, we love you. 
we thank you that you are our provider. You are our healer. You are the one that brings truth. You eliminate, illuminate what's going on in our hearts. You show us tonight, Holy Spirit, shine a light, heal and restore. And I just believe supernaturally, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord, healing is going to take place. Restoration is going to take place. You're going to leave this room tonight lighter than you came in. Supernaturally, over the next few days and over the next few weeks, your eyes are going to be opened and you're going to see what's broken and why. And God's going to help you with that. I just sense that so heavily. I want you to just in your heart, just say, Lord, show me what's broken. Show me what's going on with me. Show me why and show me your healing power. Father, we believe and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, let's start with, so we're gonna to talk tonight about the healed leader. Let's start with Proverbs 18, 14. The human spirit can endure a sick body, but who can bear a crushed spirit? The first step in developing a healthy team is to pursue healing and soul health for yourself. In order to step into the next level and the next season, you absolutely must have been healed and relieved of weights that you are carrying from the previous or the current season. Okay, so we carry weights. We do. You're, you're carrying them right now. And some of them are just normal weights of life, responsibility your kids, your home, your finances, your work. You have normal weights that you carry. And that's just part of living life, right? But then there are also weights that you carry that are burdens from hurts and wounds and disappointments from the past or from the current situation. So the goal is to get rid of those unhealthy weights so that you can step into the next season. And as I said earlier, that God's not going to promote you and move you to that next season until you're healed because he knows it'll, it'll destroy you. He knows that that next season needs the healed you. That next season needs the mature you. That next season needs the you that's got a soft heart and a healthy mind and a strong, a strong will. And that, that next season needs the, the, the next level of maturity from you. And God, God is very, he's a good father and he's really good at not giving us what we're not ready for. And so sometimes we're sitting there in a season complaining and whining and frustrated and questioning and having all of these emotions and thoughts and feelings, but we're not doing the work necessary to get healed in order to move into that next season. Yeah. So it, we just have to take ownership and we just have to say, you know, I made a mistake and I've got to get healed and I've got to grow. Or they made a mistake they failed me and now I've got to do the work to get my heart healed because of what they did in order for me to grow and move forward. I can't stay stuck here. Okay? But we have to do we have to do the work. We can't just sit and like wait for healing to fall down from heaven like a waterfall. But it doesn't take much work and I'm about to explain why. It's very simple. It's very simple work. It doesn't require a whole lot of effort. It just requires being intentional. And I love the two videos that I'm going to share at the end of class. The two it just was incredible. I opened up the videos today to pick a video to show you guys, and both of them spoke about exactly what we're going to talk about tonight. Um, so one thing that we have to talk about before we talk about how to be healed is that rocket success is unlikely to last. So you might see somebody that, because I'm going to say a lot of things tonight, and you might, in your mind, you might think of another person, and you're like, well, they're not healed and they're extremely successful. Well, they're not healed and they took off just like that. If they have true godly success and it looks like it happened overnight, it didn't. Every single one of these women that I've showed you videos of that have what I consider a successful life, a godly, whole, healed, healthy, anointed life, they've all been through it. I could tell you each one of their individual stories. Some of them have overcome cancer. Some of them have overcome an affair. Some of them have overcome 
um, sickness in their family. Some of them have overcome grief and loss. Every single one of them have been through something major in their life and they're still here and able to talk about it. And they have success that may look like it happened overnight, but it didn't. There were roots that were being developed over time. If you think about a plant, what I'm terrible with plants. I'm working on it, but it's hard. <laughs> plants require attention to detail and time and patience and love. And that's what it takes for our roots to grow down deep. We used to talk about this all the time in our in our Bible study class, in our Bible study group, that the roots of a palm tree grow straight down so deep that when the wind blows, it just bends with the wind and doesn't go anywhere. But that's because the roots go down so, so, so deep, like four times deeper than the actual tree that you see. And so you have to, you have to accept that healing is a process and it takes time. Rushing through it is not going to cut it. It's just not. The rushed microwave life of 2020, it's just not, not going to work. You can't skip steps. You can't rush through it. You're going to have to just settle into it. And this is the hard part. Settling into the condition of your heart and not ignoring it and pretending like it's not there and rushing to, stay, just, uh, rushing to avoid it or rushing through life to not have to deal with it. That's not going to get you anywhere. It's just going to make you... It's just going to fester. That wound is just going to grow and fester on the inside of you. But once you settle into, and I'm not saying you accept your condition of I'm wounded, I'm always going to be wounded. No. I'm saying you settle into, okay, this is where I'm at. And this is not fun. This is not great. But this is where I'm at. And I'm going to accept this is where I'm at right now so that I can acknowledge it, deal with it, let God heal it, and he will bring me out of it. Yeah. You're not going to get yourself out of it. Yeah. You're just not. It's yeah. not going to happen. You don't have the power. You don't have, you're, you're, you're not God. You are human. You are imperfect. And the people around you are imperfect. You will need the people around you, the right people around you. And you need to be extremely selective about the people around you when you are going through a healing. More than ever, be very selective do not be around toxic, ungodly, lying, cheating, stealing, alcoholics. Do not do it. I'm telling you right now, those are the types of people that will feed into your hurt, your woundedness. They will encourage you to stay hurt. They will encourage you to tell them something, to say what needs to be said on Facebook, to gossip about this and gossip about that. That's not the kind of person you need to be around. There are seasons in your life where you can handle being around people like that and you can minister to them and be strong for them. But if you're going through a season of brokenness and healing, be very selective about who you are around because you're already, you're already, ha you already have an open wound. Think about an open, like imagine an open wound and then you're getting around toxic infected people. That's just going to make it worse. Okay. So you can't do it on your own. You need the Holy Spirit, but he can and will help you. All right. Whatever God is working on in you, it's not finished or he would have promoted you. There are areas that we are still babying and accepting and excusing instead of doing the work to be healed. Okay. Does anybody need me to repeat that? All right. Let's move on to the points. How to be healed. Real simple, you guys. Sometimes I think we complicate the things of God. There are so many podcasts, so many books, so many teachers, so many conferences, so many things out there, uh, resources and materials that are great for developing as a believer. But at the end of the day, if you neglect the most important thing, none of that is going to matter. Yeah. It's just not. You can hang a bunch of ornaments on a Christmas tree, but at the end of the season, that Christmas tree is, is dead. It's, it, it's not connected. It doesn't have roots. It's not planted. It's just a beautiful ornament that's there for a short season. And that's not what we want. We want, a, we want to be a tree that's planted by rivers of water and that we bear much fruit, okay? So number one is lean in. And specifically, what I'm talking about is God's presence, spending time in God's presence. Matt and I were laughing today while we were assembling our chairs. 
we were laughing about um, Gentry and Izzy and their different personalities. And Izzy would come around and she would like do this thing with her head. She'd go, and she wouldn't go like this. She'd go like this with her head and like lean in. And like that meant pet me. And so I'd pet her or whatever. And then as I was petting her, she'd do that more and more and more until she was literally like, like here, her 80 pound self was here. And Gentry, I would be like, come here, cuddle. Come here and cuddle with me. And he would go like, and pull away. Like, get off me, mom. I don't wanna, I don't wanna cuddle. And they were just so different that way. And so when I say lean in, I imagine Izzy. It didn't matter how much love she got, she wanted more. It didn't matter how close she was, she wanted to be closer. Like she, and this is another thing, during storms or fireworks, Vali knows she's been around her during those, and Sophie saw her. During storms and fireworks, Izzy had an intense fear of storms and fireworks. And so she would literally, this 80 pound golden retriever would try to climb in my shirt. I'm like, you don't fit in there. <laughs> like, it's not gonna happen. But it did. But in, in the moments of turmoil and stress and fear, that, that girl just wanted to be up under me and in me and near me and close. And so when I think of leaning in, I think of Izzy. When we spend time with the, in the presence of God, we need to lean into his presence, not rush through it, not demand a bunch of things, not do a hundred confessions and then call it a day. But lean in to what is he saying to me today? What is he? What does he want to? What does he want to? What does he want to do in me today? What is his word speaking to me today? What is his word shining a light on in me today? And we're in the context of healing. Quantity, quality over quantity, and what does that mean? It means the present. Your your time in the presence of God should be quality time over the quantity of verses that you read or the quantity of time that you spent or the quantity of confessions that you did. <laughs> confessions are powerful tools. Confession of the scripture is powerful for renewing your mind. And that you should do that. And it is very helpful and necessary. But leaning into the presence of God where you stop and you listen. The Bible says, they that wait upon the Lord. Can you turn that off, please? Thank you. The Bible says, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not faint. Ask yourself, when was the last time I waited on the Lord? This is probably, no, not probably. This is the most important thing you will ever do as a leader. And it is absolutely the most neglected thing that we do, that we don't do as leaders is slowing down slowing our schedule down, our minds down. And do you know that this is even good for your mental health, for your soul health, for your physical health? Meditation, and I'm not talking about new age meditation, I'm talking about godly meditation where you sit down and you meditate on the word of God and you meditate on Jesus and you imagine yourself walking the beach with Jesus hand in hand or you imagine yourself sitting down with Jesus. That is healing for your mind, your body, and your spirit. You need it. Proverbs 18.10 says, The name of the Lord is a strong fortress. The godly run to him and are safe. Like Izzy during a storm. She knew right where to run. And she would irritate me with how much she wanted to get to me and how safe she wanted to be with me. And so we should be, we should be pursuing and running towards him. The name of the Lord is a strong fortress. The godly run to him and are safe. Proverbs 10.27 the Lord's light penetrates the human spirit, exposing every hidden motive. And so it's in those times with him that you're quiet and you're listening that he'll begin to, he'll begin to tug at you a little bit about certain things. You don't even know that they're there. You don't. And it might not even be some huge revelation or huge incredible thing, but he might just push on your heart a little bit and go, that's, that's not healed. There's, a, there's unforgiveness there. There's bitterness there. There's a wound there. You're, you're not right towards that person. There's something still there. And in those moments, you're going to take that to him and you're going to say, okay, well, <laughs> then you heal it because I can't fix it. So when God, when he shows you something in your heart, the reaction is not, oh my gosh, well, what do I do? I don't want to be like this. I don't want to be, I want to be healed. I don't want that to affect me anymore. I don't want to be marked by that anymore. I'm so over this. 
that's how we are. That's how I am. I'm like, I don't want to be marked by this. I want to, I want to be healed and whole and glorious and wonderful and move forward. And God's like, you, you need to relax. Okay, calm down. It'd be like going in for surgery and on the table you're kicking and screaming. They'd be like, okay, calm down. They'd be giving you some real quick anesthetic, anesthesia. Countdown from 10. 10, 9. Okay, you need, some, you need some, some godly anesthesia, all right? Calm down. When he shines a light on something, relax, okay? Talk to him just like you would to, to someone that you trust, that you love and that you trust. Talk to him. If somebody, um, let's just use Adrian as an example. She's one of my close, closest friends. If Adrian came to me and said, Jen, I noticed this, this, and this the other day. Um, there's something going on with you. My reaction would be, really? Tell me. What do you see? Because I trust her. I trust that she's not out to get me. She's not out to compete with me. She's not out to like make me feel bad about myself. She has my best interest at heart. And so do that with the Holy Spirit. When he shows you something, then your reaction is, okay, Lord, I don't want to be this way. How do I get it right? How do I get it healed? And then he'll show you. He might tell you to go talk to somebody. He might tell you to go talk to that person. I don't know what he's going to tell you to do, but whatever it is, we do it. Um, trusting God enough to surrender to his timing and, and his way show, this isn't in your notes, I don't think. You can just listen. Trusting God enough to surrender to his timing and his way shows the depth of your walk with God and the maturity of your relationship with him. Okay, let's read. Somebody read Isaiah 61, 1 through 3 and verse 7. Is the blank invest the time? Yes. Invest the time needed to heal. Vali asked if the blank on your notes well, underneath spend time with God in God's presence is invest the time needed to heal. Isaiah 61, 1 through 3 and 7. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me, for the Lord has anointed, anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to comfort the brokenhearted and to proclaim that captives will be released and prisoners will be free. He has sent me to tell those who mourn that the time of the Lord's favor has come, and with it the day of God's anger against their enemies. To all who mourn in Israel, he will give a crown of beauty for ashes, a joyous blessing instead of mourning, festive praise instead of despair. In their righteousness, they will be like great oaks that the Lord has planted for his, glory, his own glory. It's powerful, right? Like y'all need to read that every single morning over yourselves and understand that that is the promise of the cross. That was the promise of Jesus written by the prophet Isaiah. That was the promise that Jesus would come and bind up the brokenhearted, heal your wounds, make you a strong, mature oak, make you a strong, healthy leader so that you can then lead others properly. The, the cross, sometimes I think we forget that the cross is everything. It's everything. It was our healing. It was our, our heart healing. It was our soul wounds being healed. Jesus provided it all when he did it on the cross. And so we got to get back to that simple childlike faith of, okay, this is not fun, but Jesus. When I was going through my struggle in 2020, so I'm going to, hold on, I'm going to get to point two and then I promise I'm going to talk about me. I keep trying to put, I keep trying to get into it. And I'm not ready yet. Let's go into number two. Number two, take inventory. Take inventory. Okay, so first we're going to lean in. And the second thing we're going to do is take inventory. Proverbs 20 verse four says, I love this today. I was reading this and I was like, Lord, why this verse? I don't understand why you want me to bring up this verse. But listen, Proverbs 20 verse four, those too lazy to plow in the right season will have no food at the harvest. Those too lazy to plow in the right season will have no food at the harvest. Now we can apply this to a million different things. Finances, relationships, 
we can apply it to a lot of things. But tonight, let's apply it to our healing and to our soul health and to our leadership health. This right now is the right season for inner healing. I'm not the only one who has said it. It's been confirmed through these different videos. This class is for your development, but it is for your healing. So take the time now. Don't be too lazy. And when the time comes, you'll be healed and ready for that next season. Develop self-awareness. Okay? If you don't have... Some people are extremely self-aware. Some people can tell you, um, I'm sorry I said that. This was bothering me and I took it out on you. Some people just know what's going on with them. Others have absolutely no clue. I don't know, I don't know about y'all and your spouse, but my husband usually has no idea what's going on with him. And we have to sit and we have to dig. And we have to dig some more. And then we dig some more and I'm like... And like, it takes us a while to figure out why he's so upset or bothered. But we get there. And he's working on it. But some people are just naturally self-aware. So if you're not naturally self-aware, if you go through a whole week of being grouchy, grumpy, hard to deal with, and you know it, and you're, you're like, your boss is sick of you, your spouse is sick of you, your kids are sick of you, and you're like, I'm sick of me. You go through a whole week like that and you don't know why? Okay, come on, lady. Time to sit down and take some inventory, okay? Develop self-awareness. Slow down. Remember, okay, I was fine until that phone call. I was fine until that comment. That bothered me. I'm going to stop. I'm going to acknowledge it. I'm going to deal with it. I'm going to take inventory, and I'm going to deal with that, and then I'm going to be done with it, and I'm going to move on. Rather than a month from now, you're still festering, and it was like, it wasn't even a big deal. The people from Lowe's were just, they didn't have breakfast. They were rude that day. <laughs> okay? Like, it's okay. Take inventory. So when we talk about taking inventory, spirit, soul, and body. We have a spirit. No, we are a spirit. You are a spirit man. Your spirit man is going to live on forever. In eternity with Jesus, in heaven, with Mom Senna and my dogs, and all the people that you've lost, they're in heaven waiting for us. Their spirit is in heaven, right? So, Adrian, Vali, and Miss Debbie, will you come be my lovely assistants, please? Um, Vali, you stand over there by Michelle. Adrian, you stand in the middle. And Debbie Lou, you stand right next to me, please. Okay, Debbie is gonna be our spirit man, okay? She is who we are. When we get saved, our spirit man is saved whole, righteous, like you go from being unsaved to being saved, righteous, whole, holy. You are made to be like Jesus because of the cross, okay? Adrian's going to represent our soul. When you get saved, your soul has some things to deal with. Your soul is your what? Mind, Mind your will, and your emotions. The things you think, the things you feel, and the things that you do, okay? So your soul needs a little work, right? Constantly, our soul needs work. Our minds have to be renewed. Our souls have to be healed. Our ability to make right decisions has to be matured, okay? Vali's going to represent our body. We have a physical body. We are a spirit. We have a soul. We live in a physical body, okay? Our physical body is only temporary, but it affects us. If you have a headache, does it affect your soul? Yes. If you don't feel, if your stomach's upset, does it affect your mood? Does it affect your emotions? Does it affect your will? Yes. Okay, so all three are extremely important. So I was talking about when 2020 and what I went through. What happened with me, and this was awesome. Pastor Fabian actually did this example for me, not with people, but with salt shakers on the table. <laughs> so, and it really helped me because what happened with me was, I don't know if you guys remember, but in 2020, in 2019, I did some medical treatments to help us get pregnant. And I, they, it was great. Like, we were like, we have the grace of God on us. This is great. We had a lot of support, and our people were awesome, and we were getting through it and hopeful and believing, and our faith was, like, super high. We were really having fun together. And, I mean, it was hard. Don't get me wrong. But we had a lot of grace for it. Well, at the end of 2019, we stopped. We stopped all medical treatments. I was taking consistent shots and different things. In the end of 2019, we just stopped cold turkey. And I dealt with the soul part of it. I was very careful to deal with the soul part of it. You know, I wanted babies really bad and I didn't get them. So I was heartbroken and I really dealt with that. Anyone who knows me knows I really 
dealt with that. But beginning of 2020, just a few months later, I started suffering from extreme panic attacks, like debilitating anxiety and panic attacks and depression, like out of the blue, completely out of character for me. This was like nothing I had ever experienced in my life. I just, I thought that I was dying, <laughs> like I did. And so, of course, I'm asking questions. I'm, I'm, I'm asking Matt, I'm asking Pastor, I'm asking my mom, I'm asking Adrian. I'm like, you guys gotta help me, I'm not okay. Like I am, I wake up at night and four or five hours of the night, extreme panic, just awful. Even now it's like making me feel emotional talking about it. And this, and I say this humbly, but this comes from someone who I, I pride myself in being sound, <laughs> like, being consistent. I don't change from day to day. I, I, I pride myself in being a healed and healthy person. So this was really out of the blue for me. So I, I'm, I'm getting somewhere with this. So you look at these three things. Now these three things have to be in line in order for life to function properly. Okay. So your spirit man's good to go. And, and this was one of the things I asked pastor because I was feeling so crazy that I was like, am I even saved? Like, <laughs> I'm not okay. I don't even know if I'm going to heaven. Like, because at first I thought it was a spiritual attack and I thought, you know, I did something terribly wrong and like, I'm not okay. Cause I think sometimes that's our first reaction is what did I do wrong? What do I need to repent of? What's wrong with me? I'm not okay. And so there's a lot of condemnation that tried to kick in and, and, and pastor told me one day, I'll never forget it. It like touched my heart and strengthened me so much. He said, Jen, we were at, I think we were at breakfast somewhere. Jen, if you're not okay with God, None of us are. <laughs> and when he said that, it, 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 it was the encouragement and the assurance that I needed to hear from my leader and my pastor that, babe, you're fine. Your spirit man is fine. So then he said, okay, step a little bit forward, Adrian. Now, now, now we've got them a little bit out of line, right? So then he said, okay, let's talk about your soul. Is your soul okay? And I, so we talked about it. We talked about who I needed to forgive, who I needed to to what, what, what I had been hurt from, what disappointments I needed to deal with. And I did, I talked about it all, all the good, the bad, and the ugly, anything I could think of, I talked it all out, okay? We got my soul in line with my spirit, okay? We got my soul in line with the truth that is my spirit, man. Does that make sense so far? Okay, step forward, Valley girl. Oh, over there, right there, okay. <laughs> so now, these two are in line, but the body is out of line, okay? So for me and what I was dealing with and what I was going through, it was not, it, it was a spiritual attack, but it wasn't because my spirit man was out of whack and it wasn't because my soul was out of whack, although I needed to do some soul work. It was because all of those medical treatments I had gone through and all that stuff I had suddenly stopped taking what had caused major issues with my physical body, okay? So now my physical body's out of line with my soul and my spirit and it's making, it's wreaking havoc on my entire life. Okay, step back in line. So we have to take care of our physical body. Now for me, that meant a very, very slow, painful process of healing my physical body. It took almost, what, two years for my physical body to get to the point where it, I felt like myself again. Um, natural supplements, going for walks, making sure I was working out, drinking plenty of water, taking herbs and supplements to make sure everything was balancing back out. Take the time to heal my body. Now, did no I? Coffee. No, oh, oh. <laughs> guys, <laughs> you guys know I was the coffee queen, you just literally. Bring up I had an espresso in my office. I was always getting Vagabond, an iced coffee from Starbucks in the afternoon and a cup of coffee in the morning. Coffee was my happy place. I went cold turkey. No caffeine, I still haven't had any since 2020. Well, have I? On accident. A few sips on accident. <laughs> I sound like an alcoholic. <laughs> a sip is sips on accident. Okay, you guys can sit down, thank you. Yay, thank you. So, I had to do the work to get my physical body healed, okay? So this all goes back to taking inventory. Take the time to sit down and go, spirit man, you have to know who you are in Christ. You have to know that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, period. No, no attack, 
No devil in hell, no situation should be able to shake you from, I'm saved and I am the righteousness of God. I'm gonna tell you right now, all of you, I'm gonna look at you all in the eye, you are right with God, okay? You are saved, promise. If you feel like you aren't or you feel crazy, deal with your soul and deal with your physical body, okay? It's important. Everybody good? Any questions on that before we move forward? Did that make sense? Yes. Okay. Number three, say what needs to be said. Talk to a trusted friend, advisor, or counselor. Now, if you go through something very serious and major, you might need professional counseling. I'm not going to tell you that you don't. But I will tell you that most of the stuff that we go through in life, you don't need a professional counselor. Some of it you will, and I'm not going to tell you not to do that. Pursue that. There are people who are professionally trained to help you through some very serious things. But not everything needs a professional counselor. Probably the missing link is go all the way back to number one. And are you spending that time waiting on God? Waiting on him. Now, I didn't seek professional help, although I would have had I not had Pastor and Adrian, who is also a trained counselor and has a counseling degree. Adrian helped me a ton through that season. So I'm not saying a counselor is a bad thing. If number one leads you to that, then do it. If number one doesn't lead you to that, then don't do it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Number one is always go to the source. He is your answer. He has all the answers. And if you can't seem to find him, I couldn't. I went to the church and prayed every morning during that season. Every single morning I was there with Matt. And I was so out of whack that I couldn't hear the voice of God. And that was what scared me the most. I went from the gifts of the spirit and prophecy and preaching and teaching and feeling like I was on cloud nine to not even being able to hear his voice at all. And that really scared me. And so I had to lean into the people around me that I trusted to hear God's voice for me. My mom, Pastor Fabian, Adrian, my, uh, Matt. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So we always go back to number one. And then from there, we are led to numbers two, three, blah, blah, blah. Okay? Talk to a trusted friend, advisor, or counselor. Now, let me say one thing about that. Um, there are five major ways to reduce stress and reduce cortisol. And I, I could talk about that forever because I learned a lot during my season and, and reading and researching. But one of the top ways for a woman, specifically a woman, to reduce stress is a conversation with a friend. <laughs> Believe it or not, like all you need is a good conversation with a friend. And we neglect that. We don't slow down. So the same way we don't slow down to have that quality time with God, we don't slow down and carve out time to have that conversation time with a friend. If somebody, if one of your, if, if your partner in class or one of your people or one of your friends texts you and say, can we talk? Carve out some time. Say, yes, come over tomorrow. I've got an hour or two hours or whatever you need. Or ask someone else, I need to talk. I'm not okay. Can we make some time? I think the big the big thing tonight is slow down. Just slow down and connect with God and with the people around you. Proverbs 21.2 says, People may be right in their own eyes, but the Lord examines the heart. Do the work. Make the time. Make your health a priority. Okay? Number four, be honest. I'm just going to hit this one really quick. Look, be honest with yourself. Be honest with others. Um... One thing I, Matt even tells me now to this day when I went through that time, man, you guys, I would be in the middle of the night, just, I would try not to wake him up because I was waking Matt up so much. And I remember in the end, as the season, I was starting to heal a little bit, but I would wake up at night and struggle so much. And I would think, okay, Jen, don't wake him up tonight. And I would lay there and all I could do was just say, Jesus, Jesus. And just lay there for like two hours having high anxiety and panic and all I could say was Jesus but boy did it make me dependent on Jesus and one thing Matt tells me about myself in that season he remembers it better than I do for me it's kind of a all a blur but he tells me Jen you were so honest like brutally ugly <laughs> honest like you would just say this is what I'm thinking. This is what I'm feeling. This is what I'm going through. And he said, I believe that was what helped you so much because then the people around you knew what you were dealing with. No matter how prophetic and anointed your leaders are, no matter how prophetic and anointed your friends are, we can't read your mind. We can do our best, 
but we can't read your mind. We can check on you and say, hey, how you doing today? But unless you tell us, there's nothing we can do for you. And so I really respect the people, even in this room in the last four weeks, there's been several of you who've reached out and said, God's doing something, something's coming to the surface, can we talk? And then just, bleh, here it is. <laughs> like, here's the real deal. Here it is. And can we deal with it? Okay? So take inventory. I mean, be honest. And one of the things I want to say under being honest is be real. Drop the act. Okay? Like, put the act on if you need to when you're at work. No boss wants you showing up in shambles to work. Show, show up and do what needs to be done. But then when you get around those people that you trust in the presence of God, drop the act and be real. And then another practical thing under this is journal. Journal. Write down. Write out your prayers. Write out the prayers of your heart. And then sometimes what will happen is this is one of the things that uh, a lot of leaders will teach, this is how you hear the voice of God, is to write out your prayers and then suddenly he'll start to speak to you and you write down what he speaks to you, okay? Journaling is extremely, extremely beneficial for inner healing. And the last one is build your faith and use the word. So during my season, there was very little that I could do in my own strength. I was, I keep using the word, but it's true. I was debilitated. I couldn't do much of anything. And so but I had to use the word, even if it was just one verse. I had to just at night speak that, that verse and speak that verse and speak that verse. You guys, have you ever studied Caroline Leaf? Okay, if you haven't studied Caroline Leaf and you struggle with your thoughts, she's a great author um, for you to look into and Adi can help you with the exact book title. But basically, physically in your brain, Thoughts, toxic thoughts or wrong thoughts, create trees in your brain, like actual physical markings in your brain. And so she's a neurologist, and she's done a study that shows that when you study and recite the word and when you renew your mind with the word, like you have a toxic thought and you replace it with a verse and the, and the right thought, it actually replaces that toxic tree with a healthy-looking tree. And she shows the brain and how it and all that stuff. And so now what's crazy is... Every once in a while, I'll still kind of feel like the anxiety trying to kick in or something because I'm still healing. And so what's interesting, though, now is without even trying, without even thinking, the verse replaces the thought immediately. I don't even have to try. But at first, you have to try. At first, you have to use your will. At first, you have to, 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 to take the action of speaking that verse out. So you need to get a verse. Find a verse and use that verse and build your faith to believe I'm going to get through this. I'm going to heal. It's not always going to be this way. Better things are coming. Life is going to get better. I'm not going to always live dealing with this situation. I'm not going to always live a victim of my circumstances or a victim of that person. I'm going to get through this and I'm going to be free from this and better things are to come. And then have a verse that you stand on. Build your faith. Okay? There's hope. Caroline Leaf. Dr. Caroline Leaf. There's hope. This is not too big for God. It's not too complicated. Whatever your situation is, God's got you. You just got to do it day by day, moment by moment, and eventually you're going to get there. I promise you, you're going to get there. But you're not going to get there if you skip steps and if you try to just pretend like it never happened. Okay? All right, let's just take some time.